0: I'm Jeff Gibson,
1: and I'm Shannon Paxton,
0: and we are The, the Movie, Movie Lovers. Lovers. Welcome Hello. to the official podcast of The Gibson Review. In this episode, it is the week in review, starting off the next three episode cycle of the podcast, which you get weekly now. This is the
1: second time we're doing the cycle.
0: I think it might be the third. Am I wrong?
1: I'm living life day by day. Hour by hour, <laughs> apparently.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, this is the third for sure. Yeah, at least the third. So this episode, we talk about things that we have watched since the last week in review, be it TV shows or movies, give us an opportunity to talk about things that we normally don't get to talk about. So with this episode, it'll be a little bit shorter in on this one because Shanna For once, while you typically watch TV all the time while you're editing photos, you don't actually have much that you want to talk about at this point.
1: Yeah, and I guess that's because I'm watching multiple shows at once, Mm. uh, which is sometimes a good thing, but also I'm realizing it's not such a great thing because I'm not finishing. But uh, this week I started a new show. Great. Um, And hopefully once I finish that, then I can talk about it and get refocused on each show that I'm tackling.
0: And I haven't had any opportunities to watch anything on my own, really, lately either. So it's just our week in review we'll be focusing on. And it'll be largely a superhero episode, as we have three things to talk about that we've been watching superhero-related. But first, before we get into it, we have something a little more halloween themed since this is uh well i think the maybe the week of halloween just passed halloween was yesterday at the time that you're listening to this so uh what it is is in the last episode we counted down our 12 favorite horror movies and the one movie for sure that we had in common was Bram stoker's dracula from 1992 by francis ford coppola now There's a lot of things that we said about the movie that you can go back to that previous episode and listen to. But there's a couple things that we didn't get to speak to that we realized and were reminded of when we watched the special features of the Collector's Edition DVD, which we have, which is a very thin packaged DVD, very ornate looking DVD package, but uh, it has two discs. The first disc is just the feature film and the audio commentary with Francis Ford Coppola. The second disc is a number of documentaries and trailers. So, first of all, before uh, I let you dive in, Shanna, what, what hit me immediately just as soon as the disc started that I realized I didn't mention that I love about Bram Stoker's Dracula is the score, and I don't know who the composer is off- the top of my head, uh, maybe I can look that up, but I love that dark uh, kind of—I don't know, not brooding, but it's a kind of a propulsive score that Bram Stoker's Dracula has. It apparently, holy hell, really? I have to pronounce that. <laughs> apparently, Good it's luck. a a Polish Take a, breath. <laughs> a Polish pianist and composer by the name of Rogi. No.
1: Nope, it's not gonna happen for
0: you. check Kilar. <laughs> oh, hey, go ahead. Why don't you try pronouncing that? Oh my
1: god, why would you say that?
0: <laughs> There's a pronunciation assist in in the Wikipedia, and it is not helpful. It's at all. Helpful. It's the worst. Uh, key.
1: Oh, because apparently you have to learn the library yeah. of.
0: Anyway, I will just refer to him as W. Kilar, and he is fantastic. Apparently, he passed away in 2013. It's a great score. I'm not sure what else uh, he is known for in terms of scores. I'm sure some Polish films. But uh, the score to Bram Stoker's Dracula is a fantastic one. He apparently did The Pianist as well. So, Shanna, what were some of the things that you were struck by watching these special features that you wanted to give praise to about this film, aside from what you already said?
1: It's the costuming and the visual effects. The visual effects were all old school. So when we see uh, a film, you might see different pieces so you might see in this example they talk about rats on a beam uh, which appears to be the ceiling later and then the actual stuff that's happening uh, below and they show you how they block that out and then the car co- and there's so much more that they go into but it was all done old school blocking out the film the negative and then going back and you know, inverting it and blocking what had already been exposed. So very hardcore techniques that probably came pretty easy to that, you know, the generations before us Mm. had mastered it. And now, I mean, I, I wouldn't be able, I could tell you when something's happening like that, but I can never fully explain it. I mean, even the explanation I just gave is very basic.
0: Even in 1992, though, uh, they they say like this this sort of stuff isn't done very often anymore. Mm. They were on the the very edge of the digital revolution because Terminator Two, Judgment Day just came out the year before, Abyss three years before, Jurassic Park was going to come out the next year, Mm. and so these old style film techniques and I say old style because they specifically call out how they were trying to utilize techniques from the silent era and the golden age eras. Yeah. And in and, and trying to give this feeling of the film of 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 taking place in a particular era.
1: Yes, and, and I could go on about the visual effects, but I'll try to move on quickly to the costuming. The costuming was amazing. I can't remember the person's name for the costuming, but what they did was amazing. Coppola would say, hey, what do you think of uh, this painting? And it's the, the Golden Lady, I think it's called. And can we incorporate that into the costuming? And the costume designer figured it out and something that i enjoyed watching was how they had to test that the actors we see them throughout the different special features practicing different techniques to get comfortable with each other not be too much in their heads and uh, the costume design was done by aiko ishioka ishioka thank you you're welcome thank you and I enjoyed watching them practice with the costuming, and then giving feedback to Iko about how they can or can't move. And it was interesting seeing that that behind the scenes process. Uh, and something else on about all the special features is we do get to see some of the teammates lose their shit just a little bit. And I enjoyed that. It's not bad. It's not bad. But, you know, it's 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 just normal frustration. And mm-hmm. I really enjoyed seeing that because I don't like these ideas of, oh, an artist never loses their temper or an artist only ever loses their temper. There has to be a healthy balance. And you see moments where I think they're practicing the dance and mm-hmm. uh, who plays... The Vampire Slayer. Who is that again? Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. So Anthony Hopkins is dancing with Winona Ryder Ryder, and it's very sweet, but then he does something and it's absolutely hilarious and you've got, you see a bunch of people giggling trying to keep it in and Mm -hmm. it's just great. Uh, And then another thing that I thought was very valuable about watching those special features is they talk about how when you're a filmmaker, you're essentially curating a collection of things to create the best picture you can so different elements so like with the costuming you're looking at certain artworks to bring to your costume designers that they can execute different ideas and you're also making sure you find the correct person to do that Mm -hmm. and they spoke a little bit about finding the right people to help make this film it's never just about one person
0: particularly about the special effects itself too how coppola had some of the best people hired but they ended up being too conventional and trying to push him towards certain conventions of the time and he he straight up fired them because he wanted people to be more outside the box and creative in how to bring certain things to to life
1: he seems like a really good leader in that he's constantly pushing. I know you can do better. Uh, no, uh-huh. we need to move in this direction, and it's very interesting to watch him work and then everyone else give a little pushback or mm-hmm. not.
0: Well, you know, you you mentioned some of the the friction on set and such. That comes down to creative uh, di- creative uh, arguments or wherever where. One person will have one idea, another person will have another idea, and they'll both be fighting for their side, which I think is pretty normal in any collaborative artistic endeavor. And what's what I appreciate about those little moments in these features, and there's not many of them, but usually in, in most features... Everything is smooth as silk, and it's it's all, like, promotional, right? It has this promotional feel where everybody got along. There's no, like, there's no real peek behind the curtain about what, what the production was actually like necessarily when you have people talking to the cameras, uh, giving interviews, or you see footage shot on the set and that sort of stuff. You don't really – it's all – What's the word? Eh, This isn't quite the term I'm looking for, but kind of rose-colored glasses toward every production. That's typically what you see in most features, and, and, and I appreciate that you don't get that here. Also, it's worth noting, I really am relieved to see this. The film won Oscars for Best Costume Design, Sound Effects, Editing, and Makeup. Not Art Direction. It was nominated for that, but I do think that... This film, when after watching these features, you see how well crafted it is, and my goodness, you know, I just feel like even like down to details of using an original Pathé camera from the silent era to to get uh, one what is a thirty-second piece of the movie or if something that, like that. Yeah, you know, all these different details were used there's all the technical aspects of the movie was well deserving of accolades. And I'm a little surprised that the art direction didn't get an Oscar as well. I, I, I feel like the uh, special effects should have gotten Oscars too. It, it's just one of those incredibly crafted movies. And it's also one where you, you see the cast do acting exercises and all these kinds of things. It's very much like almost uh, the kind of atmosphere that actors don't normally get on film sets. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you're actually taking the time, of, which means studio money, yeah. to do these things, <laughs> to pra- do these practices, do these exercises, to get to eventually what you want in the moment in a particular scene. And that is just really cool and incredible. And it's it's uh, well worth checking out if, if you are able to. I, I don't know if these things got translated to the Blu-ray edition of Bram Stoker's Dracula. I think it would be a disappointment if that did not get transferred, but I yeah. definitely recommend checking these out.
1: Yeah, and throughout the whole, I don't know, how long did we spend watching those? Maybe 40 minutes?
0: No, no, no. It was like closer to an hour and a half at the most. Oh,
1: okay. I And all I could think of was, oh my god. Our son would love this. Yeah. Oh my god. Our son would love this. So, only I, because I think, he has
0: a stage craft. Yeah, uh, so you know. I think
1: anyone who is interested in filmmaking and stage and and anything creative in the three-dimensional form, I think they would love this.
0: Yeah. So that's the Bram Stoker's Dracula collectors edition special features. We definitely recommend hunting those bargain bins for Uh, some sort of physical media that has this. So moving on to non-physical media, the streaming features that we saw, uh, shows and such, were, first of all, we wanted to get back to She-Hulk Attorney at Law because we talked about it when She-Hulk Attorney at Law first hit Disney+, and now it's over, and we wanted to talk about our thoughts about the show as a whole. Shanna, do you think that this show Crashed and Burn was a creative mess? Or do you think it offered something different and interesting of the MCU oeuvre?
1: Yes, I really enjoyed this show. I thought it was well cast. I thought it was funny. I thought it was amusing that we were having She's the Deadpool of this, this part of the franchise. And... I think that that's a lot of fun that she's breaking the fourth wall and I think it's great that she's calling out certain behaviors and whether that's involving fanboys or men in general doing bad things certain men in general doing bad things I think it's a great show to have and I like that she you know she goes through different emotions in this show and I guess I can't dive too much into that because I don't want to spoil anything. But I think this show was really well done. It was pretty succinct. Uh, at first, it, I wasn't sure which way they were gonna go, and I don't—I haven't read the She-Hulk comics, but I—I I really enjoyed this. What did you think?
0: Well, a lot of things. This is, you know, I'm a fan, as I mentioned before, of the dance Slott run of She-Hulk, which I think happened in the 2000s, if I'm not mistaken. He did about two dozen issues, if I recall correctly, maybe a little less than that. It provided a, a perfect take on the character, humorous, a little meta. And, and, you know, the character thinks that she exists in a comic book. He or she thinks that she exists in a, a TV show. Right, so they translated well that aspect of the character, and and the thing is, it introduces all these different plot threads, and you think it's going to be conventional about those plot threads, that it's going to try to make sense out of all of them, bring them all together somehow, and what's great is it it tosses out convention beautiful i think it's it's hilarious how and and just unbelievable how this show tosses out convention completely and i think it brings something fresh and new i think it succeeds in what it's doing i think uh there's maybe nits you could pick here and there but nothing that that is irrevocably harmful to the series you know, like, would I have loved to have seen the whole Titania character become a more fleshed out villain so- story? Yeah, maybe. But I don't know that I necessarily needed that. I don't know that the, sh- the the show kind of zigs when you expect it to go straight. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I will say I was very satisfied with the last two episodes. I yes. felt like we earned them. Yes. So (laughs) I felt like that was awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, this show uses the meta aspects of the character to even go so far as to comment on trolls, internet trolls, toxic male trolls. Or trolls in real life. You know, it, it, it's it's fantastic. What's also interesting is most of the time the trolls don't even realize it from what I've seen, right? Like, they're like, oh, the writing's so sloppy, whatever it is. You know, uh, and I just snicker at that. I, I just... I'm so amused by the last two episodes of this. I have no idea where it could possibly go from here. I don't know how it could not necessarily have a second season of a show. I was trying to guess where this show, like, usually these shows, like, make it very clear where it's heading to next. Like, where are you going to see the next character, more or less, or at least it's not hard to guess based on the roster of what's coming down the line. And in this one, like, I really couldn't figure it out. I was like, based on what's coming up in the next year or two, my best guess is maybe the Secret Invasion series. But I'm not sure. Maybe Daredevil Born Again. But I'm not sure.
1: I feel like she could go anywhere she wants. And I almost want that to happen, even if she's just in the background or something. Because she is a fourth wall breaker. I feel like she could go through any movie at all and it could be a lot of fun. And, um, I do want to see more of her and it would be great if that happens.
0: Well, yeah, I, let's be clear. I, I don't, I definitely wouldn't want her to be brushed aside to being some ancillary character or extremely supporting character. I would love to see her be a, a, be a, a supporting character at the very least, not someone who only gets a couple minutes of screen time per se. I want to see more of her. I think Tatiana Maslani is great in this series. I think the guy who plays Pug is, is if, if you're familiar with the character Pug in the comics, this guy, he's a, he's a normal looking dude. He's not at all remotely handsome. And so I do think like they cast this guy to look pretty freaking hot you know
1: well why not i mean <laughs> why not honey i mean how many shows about women are out there or feature women out there and they're all hot they're ridiculously sexy yeah and, but, but this is yeah. an
0: example of like um a character in the comics who very much was not being translated into someone who very much is i kind of you know?
1: i feel i like it because it's almost like a see Ha-ha.
0: Maybe, yeah. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right about that. And I think, overall, we're lucky to have a 30-minute, a not sitcom, but a 30-minute comedy show with a huge, like, motion capture effects budget, right? Mm. It, is it perfect all the time? No, but I do think it's way better than a lot of people are saying online. I think, like, a lot of the digital... What do you call it? The I just said it the um, motion, motion capture. capture, yeah. I think a lot of it captures Tatiana's uh, facial personality very well. I'm actually really impressed with it. Do you feel differently?
1: I was perfectly happy with the visual effects and the motion capture. I, I don't have any problems with it at all. I think sometimes it's a little odd to look at at first because you're getting used to it, mm. but. I mean, like, we've been so conditioned to see Hulk and not bat an eye. So if, if people are having issues, I think it's it's your own, you know. Well, it's your, that's a you issue that you need to work through.
0: It definitely was the one thing I was concerned about. One of the things I was concerned about with this show going in, you know, because it's one thing to have an Avengers film like Infinity War and have the money behind that to have a, a Hulk, right? it's another to have a tv show which you would assume would have a much smaller budget mm. and not have the budget to refine the motion capture and, and so well
1: i think we have to remember that disney is doing this so i don't think budget is a huge concern uh, especially if it's if it's something that's doing well
0: well, even without the Disney ownership, I think Marvel Studios on its own at this point is doing well enough that you probably don't have to worry I about
1: it. I think it certainly is doing way better than Star Wars. I would say Star Wars is a bit of hit one, miss two, mm, mm,
0: mm-hmm, depending. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Next, a special by Disney+. Plus. A special.
1: Very exciting
0: werewolf by midnight mm. it was a sort of a Halloween special one-off sort of thing shannon what you you the only thing that you've ever heard of this character through is pro is probably from a, a dead card game from 25 years ago what what did you expect going into this what are your thoughts about it
1: oh we have this character in our dead card game mm-hmm oh
0: so you you didn't even realize that so you didn't even you basically went in with no awareness of the character
1: yeah no no idea what was happening just just knowing you know from the trailer oh cool it's shot in golden hollywood black and white cool mm-hmm. shadow effects kind of like what you know we were speaking earlier about Brom Stoker's dracula how they wanted to to have those effects come through now so i i that's what made me jump on and I'm not familiar with anyone, but I love the casting. I loved seeing the different uh, act, uh, recognizable actors and actresses. And, you know, there's a couple surprise characters in there too.
0: Yeah, the cast, by the way, is Gail Garcia Bernal and Harriet Sansom and Laura Donnelly. I think I misspoke. It's Werewolf by Night, not Werewolf by Midnight. My, I think I misspoke that as the title. Harriet Sansom is a familiar face. That I could not place. Did you get? Did you eventually get to a point where you placed her?
1: Oh yeah, no, I figured it out.
0: What did you know her from?
1: Uh, Desperate Housewives.
0: Oh, oh, I definitely did not. Uh, well, that. I
1: finished season one and two, so I, I think she's in season one.
0: Okay, I didn't connect that. I used to be a fan of the first season of that show. Uh, apparently, she's in Memento, Adam's Family Values. And a couple more recent movies. I, and Rom, Romeo and Juliet. I must have known her from Adam's Family Values and, and uh, Romeo and Juliet and Memento. Uh, but there was, was, she was just one of those very familiar character actresses uh, to me. She essentially plays the villain in, in the show, the special, Verusa Bloodstone. You know, it's, it, it's interesting. It has some surprises in it. I don't want to spoil. Uh, there's at least one surprise character appearance.
1: Yeah, and I knew about that character.
0: You did. I okay.
1: only knew a little bit, but I knew more than the others. And yeah, this is a bit of a spoiler film. It was shot beautifully, had mm-hmm. great set designs, brilliant lighting, again, emulating the Golden Age.
0: I don't know if it's one of the best things we've seen on the Disney Plus uh, you know, shows so to speak, of, of and the MCU. But I think
1: I think it's creative and a great breath of fresh air.
0: I think it is an interesting way to introduce this little tiny corner of the <laughs> MCU of of the Marvel universe. And I'll be interested in seeing if we end up see more of these characters pop up in Blade or some other later future. Mm. So that's werewolf by Night, the special on Disney Plus. Uh, we were overall pretty positive on that. And also, we just came from a screening of Black Adam, which opened uh, at the time of recording. This is the long-gestating Dwayne Johnson superhero feature. Shanna, what did you think of Black Adam? We're not going to do a full review here, so we can't go into spoilers. But uh, what what were some of your thoughts?
1: You know, DC... It's very difficult because sometimes it's hit or miss as well.
0: It is well yes, yeah, so it's and, very much hit or and miss. And
1: usually when they miss, they miss really freaking hard. Yeah. So, this was a good film. It was enjoyable. I liked the story. I liked the performances. I liked the actors. The score was not was enjoyable at first until it didn't stop. So, I think you made that comment about Tenant a while back
0: oh yeah where it just
1: it just didn't stop yeah and there were moments in this in this particular film where you needed like a little reset a little quiet time to get you ready for the next action sequence which you know seemed to be one after the other and i think that maybe that's what the film suffers is you know a couple quiet moments Mm. But it's mostly hilarious. I absolutely love Dwayne Johnson. You know, he kind of, the character kind of reminds me of Dave Batista in Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: More intelligent, I guess, a little sure. more stoic than <laughs> than that character.
1: Sure, but you know, kind of like this is uh, I'm just gonna do what I want to do, whether it's you know walking through a wall or continuing to walk while pushing a couch. I don't care if it's knocking my knees kind of thing. Hmm. So the attitude and the kind of presence that Black Adam has is really enjoyable. I love the side characters too. I think, you know, there's a few questions that this movie suffers to answer that it could have spent just a minute answering, but otherwise it's a very visually pleasing, satisfactory film and I, I like how they went about empowering each other.
0: Hmm. So, this film is directed by Walm Collette Serra, a Spanish filmmaker who he's had a, actually a pretty uh, decent career so far with the cult horror film Orphan. He's done a couple of Liam Neeson movies, Unknown and Nonstop. He did The Shallows, which I'm a huge fan of. And he most recently did Jungle Cruise for Disney. Mm. This film, it should be noted, does star, in addition to Dwayne Johnson, Aldous Hodge as Hawkman, Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate, and then we have other cast members who aren't as well-known, Noah uh, Centineo as Adam Smasher, Sarah uh, Shahi. Quintessa Swindella, Cyclone, and more. You know, I I think I'm very mixed on this movie because I, mm. I, I did like it. I didn't love it. I think it's a movie that, you're right, it could have used more development on certain things, particularly with, like, the Justice Society, I think, that could have used a little bit more development on them and making some you know just better introduction to that team i think sometimes this movie tries to have its cake and eat it too it does uh-huh. it does some things where it, it it works towards certain objectives and then it undoes those objectives and then it is a movie that literally smashes dc icons and then it, it it's it's kind of reveres dc icons uh, without getting into spoilers or specifics yeah and also like it's it tries to meld two continuities of black adam as well the character for like 55 plus years or whatever he was the arch nemesis of the marvel family originally captain marvel now known better known as shazam he essentially butted heads all the time with those characters. And more recently, in the past 15 years or so, he's been reimagined as sort of like this arch-nemesis, not, not arch-nemesis, sorry, anti-hero who's trying to redeem himself. He's been a part of the Justice League. And, and this movie tries having both aspects of the character's history in it. And it's up to you whether or not it actually works. I, uh, you know to me it suffers a little bit like uh, it's almost like a repeat of what we've seen in will smith's career in the sense that will smith can never go full villain he always has to be like the villain with the heart of gold or the empathetic villain or the anti-hero or something at the worst i feel like dwayne johnson kind of is in that territory here he does some pretty awful things no doubt. But it's almost always to bad people. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's, it's always like what the Justice Society butts into him with in the trailer it's shown is whether or not you draw this line between killing or not as a hero. What defines a hero? Here's what I appreciate about this movie. This is a film where you have a, a seemingly Middle Eastern named primary locale. This is not a story that takes place in the United States or Europe. And you have such character names as Ishmael, Karim, Elman Tomas, Adriana Tomas, Samir, Harut. Like these, this is what the cast list of, of characters makes up the film. And I think that's pretty cool. You know, I think I give the movie credit for that. This is a movie that is, in a way, about whether or not, like, a Middle Eastern community should take care if it's be left to take care of its community and its threats on its own, or if it's okay if a Western in, uh, force comes in and tries to help.
1: Well, what I love about this film, without giving away spoilers, is there's a line that says, "Not your country." not your people. Right. And uh, stops a character from outside trying to intervene. Yeah. And I thought that that was quite powerful. You know, a lot of these people were excited and embracing Black Adam. Uh Uh-huh. And not (laughs) the Justice Society. Right. So I was like, damn straight. Like the Justice Society had plenty of time to intervene and they didn't. So.
0: Yeah. So, for me Black Adam is is somewhat typical DC in the sense that it's 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 right down the middle. It's it's not horrible, but it's not a grand slam an amazing experience. So I I think I give Black Adam a 7 out of 10.
1: Oh, I was going to say solid 7, yeah. 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 I enjoyed it, though. I mostly enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. So those are our thoughts on Black Adam. And so that about does it for our Week in Review. To recap, we saw the Brom Stoker's Dracula Special Features. We recommend you hunt those down if you can. We, watch, we finished watching She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. We're big fans of that. Werewolf by Night. We both enjoyed that. Maybe not as much as She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Mm-hmm. And we saw Black Adam, which we were okay with. Overall, we were a little positive on it, but somewhat mixed with its flaws. But what do you think about each of those things? Feel free to email us at... The Gibson Review at gminmail.com. Shanna, why don't you share with everyone where they can find you online before we talk about the rest of this three episode cycle?
1: Mm-hmm. You can find me politely on Shanna Paxton Photography on Instagram and then on Flickchart Spellbinding A.
0: Go to thegibsonreview.com. You will find feature articles on there. Most recently, if you didn't catch up with it yet, you will find an article that reviews all of the original Nightmare on Elm Street movies and ranks them. Go to uh, social media, facebook.com slash thegibsonreview. Also, Instagram, the Gibson ninety nine. I do bracket polls there. A time of listening where we might still be doing your favorite horror movie. But most recently, we finished your favorite documentary. Your favorite documentary of all time ended up being "Won't You Be My Neighbor."
1: It's kind of nice that that's their favorite.
0: Very the, interesting. The, huh? the
1: feeling good. Remember to be a good human. Hmm. Documentary versus, look at the shit you've caused.
0: <laughs> well, well, actually, it was against the Roger Ebert documentary. It was uh, Fred oh, Rogers. Sorry, yeah, Fred Rogers. Roger Ebert battle that 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 <laughs> came down to, and Fred Rogers prevailed. Uh, so yeah, feel free to take uh, part in the fun at the Gibson ninety nine on Instagram. Okay, so what you can expect from the movie lovers for the next couple episodes mm-hmm. our next review will be called jane starring elizabeth banks and sigourney weaver
1: super excited to see her again
0: and then we will have a somewhat of a thanksgiving themed film faves where we'll be talking about our family's favorite movies. So movies mm-hmm. that like were family favorites growing up.
1: Basically. Movies that your parents would be okay staying up to and watching with you after they've had a hell of a week.
0: So that'll fit in with the theme of a family holiday. That is Thanksgiving. Look for the Call of Jane review on Tuesday, November 8th. And the Film Faves episode on Tuesday, November 15th. Until then, keep loving the movies. This is Jeff and Shanna saying...
1: Bye-bye.